Support for this podcast comes from Workable, the hiring platform used by more than 20,000 companies to make the right hire faster. With automated and AI-powered tools and workflows, Workable helps teams find and attract more candidates and work together to identify and hire the best. Advertise jobs to 200-plus job boards and source candidates with just one click. Evaluate applicants fairly and consistently. Schedule interviews and make offers and more. To learn more about Workable, visit workable.com slash get a demo. That's workable.com slash get a demo. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 216 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Employer brand storytelling is a really important topic for me, and it's been great to see more employers using the power of stories over the last year or so. However, the true power of storytelling is only possible when employers understand the science behind it and have proper strategies in place for audience segmentation, messaging, medium, format and distribution. My guest this week is someone who will truly accelerate your understanding of getting results through stories. Mickey Johnson is the co-founder of Job Portraits, a San Francisco-based employer brand studio focusing on helping high-growth startups hire more effectively through storytelling. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Mickey, and welcome to the podcast. Hey there, Matt. Glad to be here. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Yeah, of course. Uh, So I'm Mickey Johnson. I'm one of the co-founders of Job Portraits, and we are a uh, content studio um, focused exclusively on uh, employer branding and recruitment marketing content. We're based in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, so we work primarily with very high-growth startups here, Um, although we do have some clients that are either high-growth startups other places or um, we've worked with a few like, uh, you know, large corporations um, working with their sort of uh, internal innovation labs, things like that. Um, but we we tend to really work with companies that are really all about um, moving fast, hiring really, really competitive candidates um, in really difficult markets um, and sort of are interested in, you know, iterating and uh, and sort of learning from from things as we go and being really collaborative and um, and just really, really high quality content that's kind of our specialty so obviously employer branding is the hot topic of the the moment uh, and obviously it's something that's going to be very important to the types of employers that you've described there how is employer branding developing and, uh, and evolving what, what what are you what are you seeing out there i think one of the big things that uh we see in employer branding is just that it's clear that you need it, <laughs> even like five years ago, um, at least in the Bay Area. Um, I know the U.S. is a little bit behind Europe on this front, I think, but um, it wasn't really a word that was sort of on people's radar. Um, and and we would talk a lot more about just like we make stories that help you recruit and there wasn't sort of this whole community around it. Um, and now I think it's much clearer. People know what it is. Um, they know that it's something that they need. Um, and so I think we're at an exciting place where we're starting to see um, people really deepen 
been into what, and for us, especially the storytelling piece of it is. And so um, it's been interesting to see sort of what par for the course is and how that's changed over the years. Um, and so I think, you know, it used to be, uh, you know, if you a really basic, you know, careers page was sort of like just your jobs and maybe a few photos. And then people were stepping it up with, uh, you know, testimonials and, um, you know, talking more about maybe cool things going on in the office and stuff like that. And now I really think like two of the things that I'm seeing that I think are really taking people to the next level that not everyone's doing yet is really deep dive storytelling where, you're having longer form, you know, blog posts on a regular basis that are really um, introducing people to your team members and really sharing their stories in an authentic way or talking about teams and cool things they're doing. Um, and the other interesting thing is I think we're starting to see people also just really treat candidates the same way that they would treat customers and really think about that whole experience and that whole life cycle and doing things like, um, you know, nurture email campaigns where you're, op you know, getting people to opt into um, sort of a, a regular flow of content about your company so that they're kind of ready and primed when you maybe have a new job or something like that. And, and we have built content for kind of both of those case use cases. Storytelling is something that comes up time and time again, uh, when we sort of talk about uh, recruitment marketing and employer branding these days. And sometimes I'm not sure that people actually kind of break down what that really means and, and how you do it in practice and also how you do it in a way that stands out from everyone else. What, what's your take on, on storytelling and what sort of strategies should employers be using to make sure that they stand out from everyone else? I think one, maybe one of the first things to know about storytelling for a candidate audience is just that um, it's it's different from the way that you're going to talk to your customers. And depending on who your customers are and how you talk to them, it might be more or less different. Um, but what we do um, that I think is kind of special is that we really um, approach our audience, which ultimately is the candidates, um, from kind of a, a product standpoint and and really think about if our if our content is the product, um, we need to really understand what are they what do they want to get out of it, what decisions are they trying to make, what points in the process do they need to get that content. And so we've actually done um, a good amount of UX research where we we source candidates from using a uh, like a user research tool, um, and then we put um, either our clients or you know just general um, employer branding content in front of them. So careers page and job descriptions, and um, and we actually just ask them to do their own research too, and kind of see where they go and how they look for things. Um, and a couple of things that just come up over and over and over again from that is first, um, they're just really skeptical. <laughs> um, and I think we all, I think we're all pretty skeptical as buyers generally these days because we're all getting hit with just so much content and advertising all the time. But um, when you're thinking about a job, like people are, it's like times a hundred, right? Um, they're just so sick of being sold to. Everybody's had a job. Everybody knows it's not peaches and cream all the time. Um, but that seems to be how people want to talk about it. Um, they, they seem to want to make it like, this is the best place ever. And like, everyone should come here. And it's so awesome. And I think if there's one thing maybe that you would take away from this podcast, it's that like, that's actually not the right approach. Um, in most cases, yes, you want to like put your best foot forward. But 
the more that you can be really honest about the challenges um, that you're someone would face at your company um, and, and, you know, really who might not be a right fit or just what, what is going to make someone not sort of, you know, enjoy the work. Um, It saves everyone time. And it also just buys you a lot of credibility with candidates. It just looks so different from what everyone else is doing. Um, So, so that's, that's one thing that we do that I think is really different. Um, And actually most of us come from a journalism background rather than like marketing or, um, advertising or something like that. And so I think most of us also have pretty high BS meters. Um, and and we're used to, to building content that's really about like educating people so they can make informed decisions that help them be good citizens, right? Um, and so I think we really apply that mentality to our content too. So, so, so yeah, so one thing I think the way that we think about storytelling is just like, you need to be really honest. Um, And the other thing is just like specifics, right? Like I just see a lot of people spend a lot of time really nailing down this like beautifully crafted, perfect, you know, EVP tagline. And then they put it at the top of their careers page and they're like, okay, we're done. (laughs) Um, And like that's, you know, that's part of storytelling. You need that to lay the foundation to know where you're going to go next. But every candidate we have ever done a UX research UX research with looks at that and they scroll right past it, right? And they just go, yeah, that's nice. Everyone says that. Show me the money, basically, right? Like, 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 show me that that thing is true because everybody can write a nice tagline. Um, and so I think we really work with our clients a lot to be like, okay, how do we take that and turn it into a real story or ideally a series of stories that show rather than tell that that thing is true over and over. And I'm happy to talk more about how we do that too. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more about the the EVP thing. I think that too often um, an EVP just ends up as a tagline and becomes meaningless as you get into the specifics of it all. And also, they all tend to sound the same as well. So, um, you know, there's not much kind of differentiation there. So traditionally, employer branding has always kind of worked on this sort of unified EVP that defines the message. How should employers be thinking about that now? What's the the way to to kind of get specific and and really speak to individual audiences in a in a relevant way? Yeah, for sure. Um, and and just to say, like I <laughs> I always get a little nervous when we're when we're using like the should word. Um, I, you know, I think there's a lot of different methodologies out there, and different ones fit for for different companies and people. Um, this is just kind of our our way of working, and it and it works for some people. Um, and so hopefully it's helpful in that way. But um, yeah, as far as as far as how do we how do we take a really big high level idea, like, you know, an EVP kind of tagline and bring it down to something that I think really means something to individual candidates. Um, so I think the idea of um, either segmented EVPs or or personas are really helpful here. Um, and I think anybody who is in like the true like UX like design world will probably get upset with me when I say personas because I'm talking about something that's like very, very lightweight. Um, I don't think some people dig really far in and really make personas and there's a person and you have all their motivations and all that stuff. I think you can do something a little lighter weight with EVPs. Um, And basically what we look at is um, is segmenting just by things like, you know, team. Um, Obviously, there is a huge difference in the experience of someone on a sales team versus an engineering team, right? Um, And what they're looking for as a candidate 
resident and how they want to be spoken to and where they live online and all those things. So that's sort of the first level that we look at. When when we do stories, we tend to focus on a team level story because that's sort of the most cohesive, you know, experience of someone within the larger culture. Um, seniority obviously really matters. So if I'm straight out of school, I'm looking for something really different as a candidate than if I'm, you know, someone who's pretty senior and want to contribute, in, you know, in different ways. Um, location obviously matters, um, especially for global companies. Um, so just the way that you position things in the U.S. versus you know, EMEA versus uh, Asia, um, uh, and then Asia, you know, APAC is like this whole thing that's like, you know, really, each of those is, you know, a hundred of their own little um, cultures also, obviously. So just understanding, like, are there ways that you need to sort of dial up some parts of your message and dial down other parts of your message? Um, for instance, we, I, I know we were working with a company and we were doing EVP work for them. And in the US, they talk a lot about, even though they're a public company, they're still really scrappy and they move really fast and um, they're still like a startup. Um, and in um, like Japan, for instance, um, that does not play well. Like Japan wants like stability. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? Your company is only, you know, eight years old instead of 30 years old. Um, and, and that sounds really risky to people. And so they really kind of dial down that like scrappy, you know, like startup image there. Um, and they and they push on other things, right? They, they talk about other things. Um, and then obviously, I think, you know, diversity and inclusion is is a really huge topic for pretty much every company right now. Um, so really understanding how um, different, you know, marginalized groups um, might differently perceive uh, the stories that you're doing um, and, and just being aware about, you know, how you're discussing certain things and that you're including um, a, a fair representation of your actual diversity um, at your company and, and, you know, I think addressing those things. So, so we kind of look at um, like I said, how do you kind of dial up or down different parts of your EVP to um, to talk to what those different groups need? Um, and you might actually need to add extra things in, right? Like if we're, I'm speaking to an engineering audience, I'm going to want to get really specific about technologies we're using and the, you know, processes we have and um, specific, you know, problems that we're solving and stuff like that. And that kind of stuff would be really unnecessary and probably distracting, you know, if I was speak, speaking to a sales representative or a customer success person or something like that. So, so really just trying to understand what does each of those groups need that's a little different um, and kind of, you know, prioritizing your message that way. Um, and then we basically, we go into content brainstorm mode. So when we do uh, content brainstorms, we look at kind of three main things. So the the medium, the format, and the distribution. Um, so medium can be, you know, text, videos, photos, um, could be social media posts or what we call kind of micro content, right? Small ideas that uh, come up a lot. Um, and for that, when you're deciding like what medium is right, um, we kind of look at a mix of what's the message that we're trying to tell, um, what's the persona we're telling it to, um, and uh, what stage in the like decision-making process are they at. Um, so just as an example, um, video is really great uh, if you for things that you want to really kind of connect on an emotional level, right? Um, or especially something that's really visually compelling. Um, I see a lot of people that try to tell 
not very visual stories in video. <laughs> and it's usually a miss, right? It's usually something you could better tell in text at that point. Um, so, uh, you know, video is great for um, something that's really visual and emotional. It does better with um, a younger audience or, or like a more junior audience. Um, and it also does better with like sales and customer success or things like that, as opposed to engineering. Um, not that no engineer is going to watch any video, but they tend to be less interested in them. Um, and then stage in the process, I think video is best for an awareness stage where you're just kind of giving people a little taste of what it's like and getting them interested and excited. I don't think it's great for like a research and decision-making process. Um, so I think once you start like trying to explain too many things and get really kind of, you know, didactic almost, um, that means you're probably ready to move into more like a blog post um, where you could say like, here's all our processes or here's our interview, you know, process or um, here's like, uh, you know, uh, a specific thing that our team is working on, right, or something like that. So, so yeah, just kind of understanding like which medium is going to be best for a story. Um, and then format within that. Um, let's take a blog post, for instance. Um, you know, do you want it to be narrative or do you want it to be Q&A? Um, there are pros and cons to both. Q&A tends to be a little lengthier, but it's um, more trusted by candidates because it's not sort of polished up, right? Um, but narrative can be more compelling and kind of punchier and you can have more people in the story where they just have a couple of quotes. Um, and then distribution, right? And just thinking about like, how are we going to then get this out to the right people? Um, and the thing that we've learned about candidates is just like, there are no two candidates who are going to do their research the same way or who are going to find your company the same way. So the more places you can get that content out to, and the more you can kind of operationalize how you're getting that content out through all of your channels on a regular basis. So um, obviously thinking about social media, but also using it really tactically in your recruiting strategy where you're putting it in sourcing emails, um, getting your employees to share it within their networks. Um, again, if you have nurture campaigns or something like that, um, you know, internal newsletters, uh, putting it in your email signature, we have sort of a whole checklist of places that we recommend people put it. Um, but yeah, just thinking about distribution too. So sometimes we kind of create like a little matrix, right? That's like, for this persona, like this, you know, format, and it's going to go over here and stuff like that. But it's, it's not a science, like, it's really just, you know, I think people get caught up in like, oh, like, what's the right thing? Like, we have to do the exact thing in this place. And um, I think it's more about just like, use your best judgment, and then, and then start small and start testing things um, and see how they work. Uh, and then you'll, you'll learn what's kind of working and what's worth your investment and in doing more of and that kind of thing. I think that's really interesting because to to me, I think that employers are getting better at understanding storytelling. Um, I'm seeing an increasing amount think in terms of personas and segmentation and targeting. But I, I think the area where lots of companies really fall down is is that format and medium selection, um, if you like. I think that people make videos or audio or use text and blog posts not really based on much strategic thought, maybe just based on the circumstances at the time or the budgets they have or um, what's available. So, um, you know, really, really interesting to hear um, how you can put sort of more strategic thinking um, behind that, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I think the most common... Um 
The most common sort of pushback that I give clients is that almost everybody comes in wanting a video um, and they want it as the first thing that, that they do in an engagement with us. And um, the thing about video is like, when they're done well, they can be incredibly powerful um, and they can really build that emotional bond really quickly. Um, but uh, when they're not, when they're done sort of mediocre, um, it can be a huge investment of time and money with very little results. Um, and it, and again, it's not the right thing for every persona or every stage in the process. Um, and so we actually really push people to think more about their outbound strategy. Um, and again, this is because we're working with companies that are, and you know, I think this is most companies these days, but especially in recruiting technical talent, like these are not people who are looking for jobs, right? Like you are having to go out and do sourcing of passive candidates. And so um, really thinking about how do you get higher leverage on your outbound um, we like to start there and then sort of expand out into more like awareness and how do we build inbound for you. Um, and so we really look at like, how can we create some usually text stories that are like the best single link to send to a candidate in an outreach email? And then that helps us kind of lay the foundation and do the discovery and figure out like who are the interesting characters and what's really the story. And then we can kind of find a really great nugget in there that'll work really well for a video and then, you know, sort of build the video and then use that in like a larger campaign to drive awareness and stuff like that. But um, I, yeah, I, I don't think that video is right for like every use case. And I think it's, it's rarely the right sort of like first thing to do um, if you're if you don't already have a pretty well established like, you know, brand and process and employer brand, all that. And what role do employees play in this in terms of contributing content or being a resource for the content marketing process? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is another um, really important trend that we're seeing. And And again, I think companies that are getting ahead of everyone else are often doing it by really engaging their employees in this recruiting process and, and really creating an environment where everyone at the company understands that it's their responsibility to contribute um, to helping tell people about, you know, their experience working there and um, to help bring people in. And that should go way beyond just referring programs. Um, you know, we really think about, you know, your employees are your, um, your influence marketers, right? Um, and uh, in order to have them provide as much help as they possibly can um, for your, you know, recruiting and retention efforts, um, I think the big thing is just like, um, <laughs> make it as easy as possible for them. Um, and really make them feel valued and like they're they're really part of the process. Um, so I, you know, I've I've seen especially bigger companies that are doing like real ambassador programs um, where they're you know enrolling employees who are interested, um, and then you know maybe having like a monthly brainstorm or something right with those employees where they. 
you know, all get together and talk about like cool things that are happening or individual people who want to take on maybe writing a blog post or being featured in a short video or something like that. Um, and then, and then they also, you know, the companies also just have content that they're pushing out to those people on a regular basis and they know what kind of content those people like to share. Um, and, and they're sort of, you know, uh, some of them have incentive programs or they're really like rewarding people for how much they share or they have special events and those people get to, you know, go early. And, um, I think you can do a much lighter weight version of that though. Um, which can be as simple as, uh, yeah, like get like, you know, going to the all hands, um, making a, a, a solid presentation, um, where you, uh, you really speak to people motivations and you help them understand that they're going to have a better result. They're going to get to work with better people. Um, they're going to get to uh, work less because they have the people on their team that they need, right, to like do what they need to do um, if they help in these recruiting efforts. And it's not something that just the talent team does. It's really something that everyone needs to do. Um, so, so yeah, we, we actually, you know, we run these employer branding workshops, um, and we just had one where this sort of little framework um, for kind of helping your employees create uh, content um, came up. So I thought I would share that with you guys. But basically, it's um, it starts with motivation, right? So how do you how do you go in and make it really clear that this is something that everyone needs to be involved in, and, and they're going to benefit from it too? So a presentation at an all hands, or especially having the CEO talk about it, or having people who have been at other companies where they've had strong, you know, blogs, or they've written blogs posts and talk about their experience um, and then existing opportunities. Um, how do you find things that are already happening on a regular basis? Like maybe you give giant checks for referrals that you're all hands every week and you can assign someone, you know, who's passionate about helping to build the company um, to take pictures and turn those into, you know, social media posts or, um, or lever, um, you know, the, the ATS, like they, they create these GIFs, these like welcome GIFs for all of their new employees. Um, and so they've just like shared those, you know, out um, as, as like a cool thing to show, uh, you know, to give a look inside their culture. Um, or do you, you know, do you do like a 60 or 90 day review where you can have someone answer a few extra questions and turn those into a blog post for every new employee? Um, so really just trying to leverage things that are already happening and then kind of assigning them to people, right? Um, and then structure. So how can you give people, um, like, for instance, uh, a photo treasure hunt, right? So instead of just saying, go write a blog post, and like, it's a blank page saying like, oh, go take, you know, these five pictures around the office. Um, or, uh, or we have like a recurring Q&A with like the same five questions, and then people just raise their hand to kind of like be profiled, and that goes up on the blog or something like that. But, um, it's always easier to have a starting point for content and that helps people sort of get their brains into that, that place faster. Um, and then just support, like, um, you know, not everyone is a writer, um, but people have real, everyone has really great ideas. And so if you can say, if you raise your hand to do a blog post, we'll give you, you know, a couple hours of support from our copywriter or from someone on our comms team or something like that. Um, or, or even just like, we'll help you kind of project manage it, right? Like we'll give you some deadlines and, um, and help you think through the process and stuff like that. And, and that's what we do sometimes is we come in and provide that kind of support, um, for our clients. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just really about, um, making it simple and easy for them so that they can tell 
your company's story um, because that's that's ultimately going to be the most meaningful for for candidates because again candidates are skeptical <laughs> um, and they know that something that's coming from the company company is not it's just never going to have as much weight as something that's coming from an employee directly so final question what are some of your favorite uh, sort of pieces of content that are that are out there where could people go and see some great examples of employers doing this really well let's see well i'm biased obviously i think that some of our companies are doing this very well um although the, I'll, I'll point you to a couple of companies where we sort of we help them kickstart things but they've really like taken it to a much higher level and have really continued to do it internally in an awesome way. Um, we worked a little bit with, uh, like Instacart back in the day. Um, and, uh, they have really built out their blog in a, in a really awesome way. Um, and I've chatted a little bit, um, in Slack with their, uh, talent brand lead. Um, and they've done a lot, especially on the engineering blog side, um, to really not only build high quality content there, but also to really think about how they're going to get it distributed, um, and really having their team sort of step up and place it into communities that they already have traction within. So subreddits that are really popular or hacker news or, you know, places where other engineers hang out, you know, Slack channels, stuff like that. Um, and so they've been able to get a lot of really great organic inbound from from interested candidates um i'll just plug another um great company that is in the employer branding space in the bay area um key values um if people don't know about them lynn who runs key values we know pretty well um and, and she's wonderful and we think she's just brilliant um and so what she's done is she's created a whole website um and it's specifically for engineering candidates but it basically lists um, a whole bunch, there's probably 40 or so different values. And then um, companies that are featured on there, they they choose their top eight values. Um, and then basically a candidate can go through and click on any value that matters to them. Um, and they'll see all the companies that have chosen that as one of their top eight. And then they'll be able to read sort of a profile of that company um, and why those values are important to them. Um, and uh, it's been it's been a great way for companies to, I think, get connected to people that are in alignment with their values, right? That are not just excited about some big round of funding they got or whatever, but I think it's really connecting people around the right thing, um, which is really great. And um, another one that I think is just um, a proof of how this can happen really organically when employees just really love their experience at work is Mozilla, um, who we've done a little bit of work with. And uh, that's a place where people that work there, so many of them are like, I have dreamed of getting to work for Mozilla my whole life because they just have such a strong mission and value statement. And they're so, you know, involved in the open source world. And so, especially on the technical side, like people just really love what they do there. And so I think Mozilla makes it, you know, possible for them to go out and, you know, especially at events and stuff like that, like talk about what they're doing. But but people just because it's an open source world, people just write blog posts and they like make their own blogs and they're kind of just like out there all over the place. And that's an interesting situation where they have so much content that I think their their goal is actually more like how do we kind of uh, make sure it's all visible to our recruiting team so they can like use it right um, and and really take advantage of all of this great stuff that employees and sort of fans are, are writing about the company. Mickey, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you so much, Matt. This is a pleasure. My thanks to Mickey Johnson. 
And if you want to get started or improve your storytelling, Job Portraits have an EVP worksheet that can help you. You can get a copy by emailing mickey at jobportraits.com. That's mickey at jobportraits.com. And mickey is spelt M-I-K-I. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. The show also has its own dedicated app, which you can find by searching for Recruiting Future in your app store. If you're a Spotify or Pandora user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.